welcome back everybody to the SOS Stacy on Sports Podcast Show. You are tuned in with the main host, Stacy Carter II. And with me this week, got Mike White JR and Korea Lewis is back. What's up, y'all? What's up? Glad to be back. Oh, my bad. Sorry. It's all good. Um, we had the NFL draft pass through. It was some surprising moves, a lot of trades, a lot of head scratching selections. We gonna dive right into the draft. And also, we gonna talk about the second round of the NBA playoffs. We gonna continue with our bet. Uh, Mike, you gotta make some moves, man. I'm in the lead. I'm I, in I the lead, that. man. Barely though, I'm in there. I'm still yeah. in there now. Right, right. Don't sleep on me. <laughs> right, it, hey, y'all, I'll tell y'all the scores when we get there, but it's still, anybody's game at this point still anybody's game it's so close but uh let's go ahead and start with the nfl draft everybody been selected it's over with we got our new stars we got our rookie class 2022 ready to go let's uh break down the draft um let's start off with the surprising moves like what moves made in the draft caught our attention right then and there um Mike, go ahead and start us off. What was surprising to you in the draft? Man, I think the biggest surprise got to be, granted, we knew it was not a lot of options as far as QB um, in this draft, but Malik Willis <laughs> dropping to round three? Big 86, I don't think anybody saw that. I think didn't Ben have him in the top 10 going last week? Ben had him number two. Number two, so I mean... <laughs> Granted, I might not have had him that high. No shade to you, Ben, at all. But I would have thought he would have went in the first round at the very least or top 20, maybe, anything like that. The fact that he dropped all the way down to round three, <laughs> number 86, is crazy to me. But I do think he went to a good place, um, you know, in Tennessee where he he's, there's not going to be a lot of pressure on him right out the gate. He's going to come back, watch, sit behind a veteran like Ryan Tannehill for a couple of years and then see what he can develop into. You're going to a place with Derrick Henry, you know, a run offense. So it's it's not going to all be on him. And he'll have a couple of years to adjust as far as that. If you get picked in that top five, you're usually expected to come in and make a big change right away. So that's my big surprise, man. Round three has definitely got to be Malik Willis. Right. <laughs> definitely surprised me, too. And uh, Korea, before, Korea, before you get into your analytical part, Korea, you was actually at the draft. Represent yeah. those Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Um, go ahead and uh, talk about your experience at the draft. What was it like being there with all the Pittsburgh fans and just being there watching the selections in general? Honestly, it was like an amazing experience. I personally loved it. You know, I've always wanted to go to like an NFL draft. So, you know, I know with like COVID and everything happening, you know, like um, the venue of the draft being in like Vegas. So it was supposed to be in Vegas like a couple years back or whatever, but you know how things got messed up. So this year it was in Vegas and I was there for the um, first day of the draft and also on the second day. And um, it was pretty awesome. Like I saw a lot of Steeler fans in Las Vegas. It was crazy. <laughs> Um, and just, it was super exciting and, um, just seeing, you know, everybody just, you know, sharing like the same interests, like, um, yeah, it was, it was packed. Um, the links was where like the Caesars forum, but that's where like, um, everything was happening. So that's where like the draft actually took place. And then over there by the Bellagio hotel, um, where the waterfall is and all that that's where they had like um kind of like just like some entertainment like the java walkies they had like some stuff over there and then the only thing that sucked was like it was delayed so like thursday i was over there for the draft and then um friday i was at the link so like, i just represented my steelers i was wearing my juju jersey mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I was on the NFL Network caught me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Great yeah. shot. <laughs> so that was pretty dope. Um, but yeah, it was a great experience overall. And I love to be there. Honestly, I want to try to go to another draft event. You know, I know next year it's going to be in Kansas City. And then the mm. following year it's going to be in Detroit. So 
Uh, maybe if it's like in Arizona or something, or if it's like some other area closer, I really hope that, that we have a draft in LA. That'd be dope, like to just bring yeah. it here. So if it was here, I would definitely be going to that one too. But um, but yeah, like if you ever have been thinking about attending a draft experience, definitely go. It's so worth it, very worth it. You're gonna have a lot of fun. Um, it's basically just kind of like it feels like a like a convention for like NFL fans. That's what it feels like. So yeah, it's totally worth it. Super fun. You won't regret it at all. All right, glad you had fun. Uh, we gonna circle right back to you. Uh, my surprise, of course, uh, Mike already touched on my big surprise. Malik Willis falling so far. Not only him, but the other quarterbacks too. Matt Corral, yep. uh, Sam Howell falling that far too. Looks <laughs> like Kenny Pickett got very, very, very lucky. Um, Desmond Rilla yeah, as well. Desmond Rilla as well. But I also think they went to like some good spots too, to where they can develop and probably be probably become a starter. Um, I was very surprised that Trayvon Walker went first overall. Now, I know that his name was hot. He had a great second half. Uh, the season last season at Georgia won the national championship and all, but I really thought that Aiden Hutchinson was going to be that clear number one overall pick. He was the only probably like near flawless defensive end rush edge rusher that we heard about. Didn't really hear about any negatives about him. And I thought that he was going to be for sure number one overall, but as soon as Trayvon went off the board, I knew that the Lions going Lions couldn't pass him up right there at that point. They couldn't pass right. him up, keep him in Michigan, and that's what they did. Um, it still remains to be seen that Trayvon's actually more talented than Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau, or even Jermaine Johnson, who fell all the way down to the Jets. Um, we'll we'll see how that goes. But I was very surprised that he like he was selected number one overall, and also. I did a whole little thing about the Ravens picking up a wide receiver. <laughs> I don't know if y'all saw it, but I did a whole little thing. And then they traded away the number one wide receiver to the Arizona Cardinals yeah. after he just called 91 passes last year for over a thousand yards. That was surprising right there. I didn't know. I, I Like why? My thing is why? What, what happened? What happened with that relationship? Mm-hmm. We all... Know that Lamar Jackson needs wide receiver help. He got Mark Andrews, great tight end, but you lacking in the number one wide receiver department. This was the draft to kind of address that. Or you got Debo Samuel out there. You had AJ Brown out there before he went to Philly, and you didn't make a move. And you got to keep your that's your MVP franchise quarterback. Y'all still got to give him extension. Y'all not doing that much to keep him happy. So what are they going to do now? They did have a good draft, but. Yeah. Still, that wide, the wide receiver thing is still puzzling to me. Uh, Korea, what was your biggest surprise in round one? So, or yeah. any other draft points? Yeah, so for sure. So I definitely agree with um, you and Mike. Um, Willis, um, honestly, that took me by surprise big time. I thought that he was just going to get picked up real quick. Um, but yeah, like, you know, there was like some quarterbacks there, like Kenny Pickett, you know, he got drafted to my boys, to my team. But like, you know, he was like basically one of like the first quarterbacks out there, like in, you know, round one to get selected. So it was just like kind of like a trip, you know, to see all that. And then, you know, um, it was pretty nice to see Drake London, you know, the receiver from USC. Um, So the Falcons, they did a really good job getting him because they definitely need help in like the wide receiver department area, you know, for sure. So it was it was nice to see him, you know, getting picked up. And then also, um, you know, Chris Ole from Ohio State um, getting picked um, picked up by the Saints. So that was also another good pick as well. But yeah, um, like I kind of just didn't expect Malik to go to like the Titans. I was kind of expecting him to maybe like get selected to like a different team Steelers. in my opinion. No, well, yeah, Steelers, but also like another team too. But because you know, there's other teams that do need help, you know, with their quarterback, you know, situation. But yeah, like 
it's a good thing you mentioned that because like for the Steelers, it was either, you know, for months people have been saying and analysts have been saying it was between like Willis or Pickett. And I was I wasn't really surprised that we picked Pickett over Willis just because he is from Pittsburgh. And I mean, it's kind of just like it was meant to be type of thing. And I don't know if you guys heard about what Stephen A. Smith said. I don't, I don't remember what he said, but he said something to do with like Pickett. Like he was saying something about, oh, you know, like um, it was like a setup or something like that. But I'm just like, well, whatever. It is what it is. We got him. So I'm happy. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. So that was our surprises. What about the winners of the draft? What team stuck out to you the most in this draft? Uh, Mike. Who is your big winner or winners of the draft? Um, so my big winner is going to be a team that, even though they may have won the draft, uh, again, we, we just got to see how they're going to be able to put it all together. I'm going with the New York Jets. Um, they was able to get the corner of my Gardner out of Cincinnati. Shout out Cincinnati. I was just out there for a week. Beautiful, beautiful city. All right. uh, they was able to get Garrett Wilson. They was able to get Jermaine Johnson, who dropped down at the 26 pick, which was my backup next surprise after Malik Willis, because I was wondering why my Packers didn't get him. We ain't going to talk about that, though. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. They, and then they were still able to get Brees Hall, one of the top running backs, if not the top running back in the draft out of Iowa State. So I think the Jets really knocked it out of the park in the draft. And I think these are picks that could definitely turn the tide for them and give Zach Wilson some help down there in New York. Right. And uh, you already, uh, well, Korea already kind of touched on how she felt about Kenny Pickett going to her team. What about the Packers? How do you feel the Packers did this year in the draft? So I think the Packers get a B. Obviously, they didn't jump out and grab a receiver, but it, anyone who's a Packer fan or if you've ever been keeping up with the Packers and the drafts in the past, if you if you were surprised they didn't take a wide receiver in the first round, that's on you. I wasn't surprised at all. I've been hit with that pain for years now. So I wouldn't, when that didn't happen, I, I wasn't surprised. But I do think they greatly improved their defense. Obviously, they love Georgia's because they keep taking guys out of there. Um, again, they're putting guys next to um, Kenny Pickett. They're putting guys next to Devondre Campbell, guys that we can go out here and maybe have a top five defense, hopefully something that people have complained about with the Packers. And just to get off a little subject, I mean, let's be honest with Aaron Rodgers, man. As good as you are at this point, you should be able to make it work. Now, they did go and grab a receiver. They traded up in the second round to grab a receiver. So that's a good thing. But overall in their draft, I can't give them an A because I wanted them to take, you know, someone better with that first pick. But I will give them a B because ultimately they filled a lot of needs in the draft. But I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, all the top receivers went before the Packers could even Pretty get much, to yeah. So, so, yeah. So, I mean, they wasn't going to hit a home run at right receiver, but the fact that they picked one should should say, okay, yeah. at least we're trying. So, they still ended up getting Christian Watson, which is good. You know, 6'3", 4'3", speed. He's definitely a guy who could – has potential number one ability. And I'm glad that they traded up to get them at least in the second round. They took the best that was available. Granted, we didn't get some of these higher guys, but again, like you said, they was they was gone pretty quickly. So you would have had to make it another trade, give up more capital, probably get up in that top 15 where they needed to be to take some of these receivers. So I'm happy with Christian Watson. Um, I think he's raw, but you know, he he's got a lot of skill. Again, a 6'3 guy who can run a 4'340. You can work with that. Aaron Rodgers can mm -hmm. work with that. So you add him to some guys that have been there. An Al Lazard, who is not a number one, but who is getting better with year. Randall Cobb, another guy with chemistry. They added some receivers, Romeo Dubes, later in the draft. So they got something going here. Maybe if they get Robert Tanyan back, then the, the with with as good as Aaron Rodgers is, he should be able to carry that offense. And hopefully these defensive picks will curtail that defense to the next level. Right, right. Korea, who are your um, winners in this year's draft besides the Pittsburgh Steelers? You have to throw that in there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be biased or nothing. So I'd say like the Eagles, I think that they did a good job, like, you know, with their draft picks. Um, I say that I'd give them like a B, like a B minus, like a C plus. And then I'd also say like, um, maybe the Giants too, but um, the New York Giants, 
But honestly, like, I think that the Eagles, like, they drafted some pretty good guys because, like, they need the help, you know. They haven't really been doing, like, I feel like it's hard to explain, but I feel like they have what they need, but it's, like, it's not really coming together. Like, it hasn't been coming together for a long time type of thing. And, um, you know, they drafted, like, some good guys this year. Um, They got, like you know, a few linebackers, like a couple linebackers, they got like a tight end. Um, so honestly, like I'm hoping to see um, what like Jalen Hurts does with the offense this year. Um, and then also with the Giants, um, with Daniel Jones, I'm hoping to see like what he does with his offense. And also like, I can't remember like, you know exactly who the Giants drafted like from verbatim like top of my head but I know that you know the Giants like they also need like big time help you know they've been struggling as well ever since like Eli you know left and all that they've been struggling a lot too so hopefully um you know they have what they need in this draft and hopefully they could utilize those guys those rookies and you know see what they could do you know to just like you know um improve and just do better moving forward all right man not to sound boring or anything but the Jets were my big winners of this draft man they got everybody that they wanted it they that wanted they uh it seems getting Garner I knew Garner and Johnson were going to go to to them I was right about that I was wrong about the uh Jermaine Johnson his spot but him right. going to the Jets, I knew he was going to go there. And then them getting Garrett Wilson as well to pair with uh, Elijah Moore. Hopefully Zach Wilson can improve. Um, and then Brees Hall, the running back in the second round. That All they need to do is just not be the Jets and actually <laughs> coach well and develop these players. And in a couple years, we could see this team we can see them doing a little something. I already mentioned that the Ravens won. Um, a lot of like other top prospects that fell to him, like Kyle Hamilton fell to him. Oh, oh, Ojabo fell to him at linebacker. They picked up a, a new center. So I think they did a good job. And also, uh, honorable mentions to the Houston Texans and Kansas City Chiefs. I think they had a um, very sneaky, underrated draft, especially with the uh, Texans. Picking up John Amechi, the wide receiver out of Alabama. You know, he is dealing, coming off an injury and everything. But once he get right, you know, you never know. And they, that's a young team right there. We can also see them develop into something special in a few years. <laughs> if they also get their coaching and stuff right. So those are my winners right there. And also. Oh, my bad. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say honorable mention. Um, New York Giants, Kevin Thibodeau and Evan Neal, two guys who are going to come in and start day one. Um, two guys who could be stars in this league, potentially. I think those were two great picks. My brother will whoop my ass if I ain't bring up his Giants. So <laughs> shout out to Kevin Thibodeau and uh, <laughs> Evan Neal, man. Those are great picks for the New York Giants. Yeah, they Daniel are. Jones, come on, baby. Come hey, on. This is last shot. Yeah, one more. This is this gonna be it for him. This gonna be it for him. Um, real, real quick before we move to move into the NBA, there was a big trade. I just mentioned earlier. AJ Brown is now a Philadelphia Eagle. You know, he pairing with Devontae Smith. Got Jalen Hurts at the helm at quarterback. Um, just throw the question out there: How do y'all feel about AJ Brown being an Eagle now? Um, I, I feel like it was a great trade for the Eagles. They're putting all the necessary pieces around Jalen Hurts. Um, you got A.J. Brown now, got Devontae Smith, got Dallas Golder, uh, Miles Sanders. You got an offense, you got a great line, you got a defense that made, that made some good moves in the draft. So I think this is a great move for them, especially in the NFC East that is winnable, in, in my opinion. And now we're, you're really going to see is Jalen Hurts your guy. So it, it won't really be a lot of excuses um he's in his third year and then next year he's in a contract year and he doesn't have an option so these next two seasons judging by how he does could determine his future with the Eagles so 
overall, I think this was a great move, a great receiver to pair him with, a guy who's clearly on clearly on the uprise. And then you got Devontae Smith, the speed guy, the slim reaper, like they like to call him. So we're going to see something crazy from Philly, hopefully. But it's all going to be on Jalen Hurts, what he could do with him now, because they're giving him the right pieces. Yeah, Career, how do you feel about A.J. Brown being an eagle? Honestly, like, um, I think it's a good trade. It's a good, um, honestly, it's a good move. Um, I think that um, AJ Brown, he will like uh, do well with Philadelphia. Let's like, let's see what happens. But I think that he should, um, you know, um, like the chemistry and stuff. And like Mike brought out, it would um, help, you know, with like the offensive line. And also like Jalen Hurts, you know, let's just see what happens. And um, I'm hoping that, you know, uh, A.J. Brown, like he brings like, you know, that energy to the Eagles. And I'm hoping that, um, you know, everything just goes well, you know, like they really do need that help. And uh, the Eagles, they really do need that help. And I know that um, according to like ESPN, um brown had said that he said that he wasn't happy with the deal originally about um going to you know the eagles but um i guess like brown told espn i wanted to stay but the deal they offered was a low offer so the deal they offered wasn't even 20 million a year so you know <laughs> yeah yeah the titans are so damn stupid so stupid why would y'all do that why would y'all do that to yourselves they ain't want to give them that hundred mil man <laughs> man look look i like i said aj brown still gotta prove that he can be healthy true but then again you you gotta pay him like yeah pay up <laughs> not, now y'all depending on robert woods who coming from you know coming from my squad to get back healthy and be a number one wide receiver you gotta depend on that now and maybe Traylon Burks do something, but y'all lost A.J. Brown. That's a shame. Shame on y'all. But anyway, let's go ahead and go to the NBA playoffs. Uh, We're going to do the same thing we did in the first round. We're going to break down the series, the different matchups, and we're going to pick our winners, myself and Mike. Korea, you could provide more support. because <laughs> I know that you, uh, you missed our betting pool, which let me give an update. Um, I... Stacey Curry the second is in the, <laughs> in the lead. Is in the lead right now. I'm leading by two points. Uh, Mike is not that far behind in second place, and Ben is in third place. But anything can change. Anything can change. It's still very, very close. And don't forget, when we reach the finals, the points will double. And also, we um, bet on what team we think is going to reach the NBA Finals, and we get extra points off that, and our teams are still alive. All right, let's start with the first series that's actually playing right now, which is the Celtics going against the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks are up right now as we record 64 to 56. Of course, that's going to change by the time we finish. But, uh, Mike, go ahead and give the keys for both teams and who you think is going to win and then in how many games. All right, man. So Bucks Celtics, man. I was I've been going back and forth with this all week. This is one of those hard ones because with the Celtics, I, I will admit, even though I got all this new nice Lakers stuff behind me, <laughs> Celtics looking the Celtics looking pretty good right now. I'm not going to deny that. I think the key for them is obviously going to be the defense on Giannis and keeping the Bucks out of the paint. And I think with the with the personnel that they have between Al Horford and Robert Williams and Jalen Brown. Defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, man, they can do that. There will be times where they can do that. But then on the other side with the Bucks, man, these dudes play defense too. They've been there. They've done that. They've been to the finals and won it, which is why they were my pick to reach the finals. So this, this was a super hard pick for me. I was going back and forth just like um, last round between the Celtics and Nets. But I'm just going to stay with my pick, man. I'm I, I can't do it with all this Lakers stuff behind me. I'm going Bucks in seven. I know they don't have Chris Middleton. 
I know. I know that hurts a big deal. But it's just something about a team that's been there, that's done that, that has, in my opinion, the best player in the series, the most unstoppable player in the series. And that's Giannis Antetokounmpo. At the end of the day, I think their ship is going to live or die with him. And I think he's going to find a way to get it done, even though, don't get me wrong, if the Celtics won this series, I would not be surprised at all because they are definitely on the uprise. They look like a championship contender. It sucks that one of them has to go out in the second round, but I'm going to go with the Bucks in seven. I just believe that between Giannis and Drew Holiday and Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez, they have enough size to compete with the Celtics. They have enough defenders between, again, Giannis and Wesley Matthews and different guys they can throw in the perimeter to make things tough for Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I believe they get it done. So I'm going to go with a very, very close series down to the wire, Bucks and seven. All right, Bucks and seven. All right, for me, for the Bucks, and they're doing this right now. What my key was for them, somebody has to fill in for Chris Middleton, who's dealing with an injury. We don't know if he's going to return for this series or not. Um, it remains to be seen. But as of right now, uh, Bobby Portis is in double figures. Drew Holiday's in double figures. Uh, Grayson Allen's in double figures. And uh, you still got Brooke Lopez and players like that. So they're going to definitely have to fill in that scoring punch while Middleton recovers. And for the Celtics side, yes, they have a great defense, but they need to throw multiple looks at Giannis. For one, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Robert Williams, Al Horford, throw him multiple looks, get him off his game, make him put the ball on the floor, make him become a passer, which he's still kind of not comfortable with yet and keep him from going downhill. Because once Giannis steps past that three-point line, he's taking the ball in. And you can't let that happen. You got to put a wall on Giannis right now. Even though he is improving on taking a set jump shot, it's still not It's still not third yet, but it's still improving. So they have to play tremendous defense and still keep everybody else at bay, keep them from scoring. It shouldn't be these, these mean people on his team in double figures. And these are not like standout offensive players we talking about. We talking about players who just, you know, they hit open shot off a of Giannis double team or something like that. Not really creative with their own shot. So you got to be careful with that. But um, like you, Mike, I was going back and forth with this. This is hard. This is hard because I could see this going either way. Um, ah. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> um, Man, I, you you had the Bucks in seven, right? I took Bucks. They were my pick to make it to the finals, so I'm gonna stick with it, man. But again, mm. what the Celtics really impressed me last round against the Nets. Granted, I understand yeah. the Nets were a bad defensive team, this and that, but you got to be on your shit to knock out KD and Kyrie, man, and especially do it in the amount of games they did. So, yeah, it, it's a tough yeah. one. <laughs> but then, then again, the Nets didn't. The Nets don't have that inside presence. Uh, that can match it well, and the Bucks can do that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna pick. I'm picking the Bucks, and I'm gonna pick them in six. Okay. I just think that they got too much size, too much physicality, uh, too many multi-dimensional players on this team. Grayson Allen is a pest. You're gonna hate him, but he gets the job done. He gets you rattled. Um, I think Jalen Brown is dealing with an injury right now. He's playing, but he's not. Right now, he's not effective. Uh, I think uh, let me let me check real quick. Yeah, he only has six points right now. You know, and that's not enough. In order for the Celtics to beat the Bucks, Tatum and Brown have to get 20, 25 every night. Can they do that? Because Giannis is a great defender now. He's a great defender. But I got I got the Bucks in six. It hurts my heart as a fan because I want to see Tatum in the finals. I want to see St. Louis back in the right. finals. Uh, as a fan, I'm going to be pulling for him. Hashtag Tatum get buckets. But I'm trying to, but I'm trying to win here. So I'm going to take the Bucks and six. So I get that extra point. Korea, um, I want to ask you this question. Between Giannis and Ted Kumpo and Jason Tatum, who are the two big superstars, which one needs to have a great series for their team to win? I feel like Tatum. Mm. Yeah. I feel like definitely Jason Tatum um, because, you know, we see, um, you know, how like he is like, you know, how he plays like with the Celtics and whatnot. 
Um, I don't know. I feel like there may be some surprises. I feel like I can see what you guys are saying. Like, you know, they have like the Bucks have like their star players. They have like, you know, like a lot going on for them right now. But I feel like the Celtics may surprise us. Mm. But who knows? Wait a minute. Are you picking the Celtics? <laughs> yeah. What's your pick? Put, hey, yeah, put it on the front picking? line, man. What's your pick? And I need how many games, too? I need, you ain't about to skate out of this. <laughs> well, I don't want to do that just because, you know, the Lakers, like, I'm a big Laker fan. So, uh, like, so like, I do want to see, like, the Bucks, like, you know, beat the Celtics, you know? It's okay. Let it but, out. But, <laughs> but, yeah, it's like, because the Celtics, like, ugh, like, it's just that the playoffs this year is just, ooh, you know, it's like crazy, you know, like it seems like it's it's really um, hot this year. And yeah. there's like a lot of, um, you know, like a lot going on and like, you know, you see like the star players and then um, like Joel and B, like I think he's out with something going on, like an injury or something. Oh, yeah, we. Yeah. So yeah, we go. We're yeah. going to talk about that right now. That's our next series in the Eastern semifinals. We have the Miami Heat, the number one overall seed in the East, going against the Philadelphia 76ers. Like Korea mentioned, Joel Embiid is out indefinitely with a, a rash of injuries. And people, you know, are coming at Doc Rivers crazy because he played them and they was up 29 uh, deep in the fourth quarter. So, that's definitely going to affect the series, but will it affect our pick? Mike, what you got for this series? All right, man. Heat 76. So what I learned from the first round is, granted, even though I, I've always liked the Heat roster this year, I love the addition of Oladipo and what he could bring to the team when they came back. They're still better than I thought they were. Defensively, mm -hmm. offensively, Tyler Harrow's coming off the bench playing borderline all-star like when he comes in. So, man, Philly. That Toronto series, and and I'm mad. I didn't get to talk about it last week, dude. Like they should have. That series should have been hey, over. They but gave I me the extra points. Right. But but see, I knew it was gonna go long, and now I, I thought it was gonna reach seven. They got it done in six, but I knew it was gonna take longer because Toronto's gonna play hard, and that was just a bad matchup. And now they barely made it out of that series alive. Granted, it was in six. No Joel Embiid with that orbital fracture and a concussion. Man, I'm I'm going heat and six. I got to go heat and six. I, every time I think about the heat and what they've done in the playoffs this year, I just keep going back to it's a clip of Trey Young bringing the ball up the court. And he has, I believe he has um, Jimmy Butler on him. So he calls for a screen to try to get a mismatch and great. Uh, P.J. Tucker switches off of him. So he calls another screen try to get another mismatch, and great. You got Bam out of bio on you. So they have multiple defenders at each position. They play great team defense, great individual defense. I didn't even mention Kyle Lowry, who's even though he's out for game one, he's another guy who will probably be back. So James Harden and Tobias Harris, Tyrese Maxey, you're going to have a lot on your shoulders, especially with no Embiid. You guys are going to have to score a lot. And you thought the Raptors were tough on defense. The Heat are even better at each position. So I'm going Heat and six, man. I think they're going to take care of the Sixers, put them out of their misery. Now, I know there's reports that Joel Embiid could be back by game three, maybe game four. But I, I think it's going to just be too late. I, I think the, the Heat are going to be too physical. Um, They're getting contributions from Oladipo to Max Struess to Gabe Vincent. It's just guys coming from everywhere. So I'm taking the heat in six, man. I think they're going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, for the 76ers. This is why you traded, traded for James Harden. Yeah. Unfortunately, something happened to Embiid. He's hurt. He's dealing with a lot. You have James Harden, who's a superstar in his own right. He should be able to carry you through this series and win you the series. He has to play great. He can't have them James Harden bad games where he's shooting like six for 30. He's shooting like one for 12 for three. He got to be on. He got to be a double-double every night, 25 and 10 every night. Lead this team. It's going to be on James Harden. Also, I'm going to be looking at how Doc Rivers is going to coach 
How is he going to coach? We really never talk about Doc Rivers, like his X's and O's in, in a playoff series. And then it gets exposed when he goes against a better coach and they lose the series. He's lost multiple 3-1 leads. He was up, what, 3-0? They should have put them away, and they didn't. And their exposure is a fantastic coach. He gets the max and then some out of everybody that comes on his roster. So I'm going to be looking at those two. And for the Heat, do not let James Harden become a facilitator. I said this last week, I mean last series, when they went against uh, the Hawks. You got to make James Harden inefficient like I did Trey Young. If he get – if James Harden gets 30 points, make him take 32 shots to get there. Don't let him get 8, 10, 12 assists. Keep him shooting. Make him shoot them out the game. Play fantastic defense. Offense, not really worried about. They multi-dimensional offense. They can score from anywhere. But defensively, you got to make James Harden inefficient. Make him play ugly basketball. Make uh demoralize the team. Um far as what's going to happen. Them not having Joel Embiid, he's out indefinitely. Might not come back to, like you said, game four, if at all. Right. It's just going to, it's going to be tough. I They just don't have enough to keep up. Especially, and Bam should be able to to dominate in that front court because without Embiid, there's nobody can, that can guard Bam. I'm picking the Heat in five. I'm picking them in five. I'm giving one game to um, the 76ers because you know, they do have James Harden. You know, Tyrese Maxey can't get hot. Tobias Harris can't get hot. You know, uh, that's going to keep him in it. But at the end of the day, he got way too much going on for the 76 to keep up. I'm taking the heat in five. Uh, Korea, um, I know I, what I said and I know what uh, Mike said, but do you think that it's a shot for the 76 to beat the heat without Joel Embiid? I feel like no most likely not it's like it's like really tough because like <clears throat> he's um pretty much like Embiid he's just like their key player and I feel like it's hard to just like you know like basketball is sort of different than football like if you don't have like a key player like that player in basketball I feel like it's kind of like the rest of the lineup everything just gets kind of like messed up and just messy and like, you know, chaotic. And I feel like even though like the Heat, they have like Jimmy Butler, like, you know, he's had his knee problem, whatever, like his sore knee. And then you also have like Tyler Hero. He had a cold or whatever, but it wasn't COVID. It was just, you know, some type of cold. And, um, you know, they've, the heat, they've been dealing with that too. So it's like, both the Heat and 76ers, they've been having their own, like, fair share of, like, injuries or, you know, health issues or whatever the case. But with the 76ers, it's, like, it's a little bit worse. And I feel like, you know, with them, it's, like, it's kind of a bit of a sticky situation in a way. So I say, like, that the Heat, they got this. I mean, who knows? Maybe the Sixers will come up and do something. I don't know. It is going to be a little tough for them. But I say the Heat, I'd say, like, the Heat in five or six. So, you know, let's see what happens. Yeah, let's see what happens. All right, let's go ahead and jump to the Western semis. First up, we have the Phoenix Suns going against the Dallas Mavericks. Hey, shout out to Mike. Mike, you got that right. Yes, Mavericks, they in this round. Um, what are your keys for not only them, but the Phoenix Suns and who you got winning? Yeah, so I, I think the key for the Dallas Mavericks is ultimately because they don't have the size that the Suns possess to match up. I believe the only big the Mavericks really end up playing is Dwight Powell. So they go small a lot. They run a lot of Luka Doncic with Jalen Brunson, with Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith and guys like that. So I think the key for them is to control the tempo, control the pace. Don't let it get out of hand. Don't get into a running up and down match. Let Luka come up and dictate everything's going to happen because, honestly, 
the Suns are going to fu- they're going to funnel everything to Luca. They're going to get the ball out of his hands and make other guys beat you. And you're going to have to see if Jalen Brunson can keep it going this hot. If Spencer Dinwiddie can continue having the season he's been having since coming from Dallas. So this is a tough one for me, even because with the Suns, like I said, they have a clear size advantage. DeAndre Ayton, he should go off this series. JaVale McGee, he should average about eight to 10 points a game. Even when he gets in foul trouble, a guy like Biombo can come in and make a difference on the boards. And granted, as much as I love Dallas and I knew they were going to make it past Utah, this is this is going to be a tough one, especially with Devin Booker back now. That hamstring, is he really 100% healthy? Will Chris Paul continue to give you historic nights like he did where he goes, what was it, 14 or 14 from the field on a closeout game? I, I think he's able, yeah, I, I think he's capable of giving you some of those nights, but I don't know if you can sustain it in the series. And granted, the Mavericks defense is good too. Let's not sleep on it. It's better than the Pelicans defense. So I think they'll be able to give them a little bit more of a challenge there. But with that being said, another tough one for me, man, because my original sleeper team before I picked the Celtics was the Mavericks, but then Luca got hurt. So now Luca's back and it's like, mm, can they take down the number one seeded Suns? I wrote down Suns and seven, but hold on, Stacey. Don't, don't, don't take that down. Yet. Don't take that down yet. Cause now I'm about to do something crazy. I'm about to, I'm about to ball up the, even though I don't got a real piece of paper, the electronic paper. And I'm going with the Mavericks and seven. I'm taking the underdog. That probably is not. Wait a minute. I'm taking them. I believe in Luka Doncic. I'm taking the Mavs and seven over the Suns. Upset material. I think Chris Paul is going to come into another series where he's going to have to guard a guy like Jalen Brunson, who's going to be doing a lot of running around. Spencer Dinwiddie. I don't think Devin Booker is 100%, which is another reason why I'm picking them. And I think the best player on the court is Luka Doncic. I think he'll be able to control the tempo, get what he wants, as he usually does, get others involved. And I think the Mavericks will be able to shoot their way out of this series. So I'm taking the Mavericks in seven. I wrote down Suns in seven, but I said, nah, F that. I'm going with the Mavs, baby. Dallas. Wow. That's (laughs) wow. That's shot. That's a shocker right there. Wow. Mm. Mm -hmm. All right. Let me. Let me try to get focused because that was, yeah, that was left field right there. Gotta but, do uh, it. <laughs> all right. So for the Mavericks, I underestimate how, I underestimated how good their defense actually is. I thought the Jazz would at least get past the first round. I wasn't expecting them to make a big run, but they really, they really clamped down on the Jazz, made them inefficient, uh, held them on 100 points a couple times in that series. In the first round, they have to continue that here. They can't they can't lack on defense because we're talking about well oil machine, high power offense in the Phoenix Suns, one of the top offense in the NBA. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, even though he's hurt, DeAndre Aiden, you have to match up well with them. It's gonna be tough, but they have to. And also Jalen Bronson, Spencer did what he does. They do have to provide a great punch at the guard positions on the Suns is not really many guards that can keep up with them. So if they own, then it is going to be a problem for the Suns. Now for the Suns, this is a series where DeAndre Ayton has to show dominance. Like you said, there's not really anybody besides the white Powell and you get them in foul trouble. It's not anybody that can guard DeAndre Ayton. Very good. Big man. Got, got some skills can step out, hit a, a mid range. But he has to show dominance. Like we already mentioned, Devin Booker, he's dealing with an injury. Even though he will be a factor, he did play okay when he came back. You got to make up for that. And if DeAndre Aiden is on, Chris Paul is efficient, there's nothing you can really do. You can't rely on Chris Paul go 14 for 14. I mean, that's not going to happen. That's probably not going to happen again for a while. You can't rely on that. So DeAndre Aiden got to be – I'm talking – 20 and 12 bid in this series in order for them to win. All right. As far as my prediction, the Suns are my NBA finals pick, right? And thank the basketball guys, Devin Booker is back. Because when he got hurt, when he got hurt, I was like, looking oh, good. Man, it was not looking good. I'm like, man, there go my bet right there. Mm. But uh, he's back. 
And he's going to be a factor. He's going to be a good shooter. I'm picking the Suns and six. I think um, they got a lot of multi-dimensional players. Uh, I think Mikael Bridges' defense is going to be key on Luka. You know, he's a good defender, so he on tap, he on he gonna have to play that type of defense. Um, I don't think the Suns gonna let Jalen Brunson get off like the Utah Jazz did. I don't think that um Dan Whitty is gonna get off like that either. I think the Suns are much smarter. And like I said, the Suns are hungry. You see Chris Paul go unconscious 14 to 14, closing out that series. Shout out to him, try to get Devin Booker that extra rest. But I'm going with the Suns in six. Um, Korea, about this series, um, who you think needs to shine brighter in this series? Do you think Luka needs to shine brighter, or do you put that pressure on Chris Paul or maybe even Devin Booker? Honestly, like, I feel like this is, like, a hard one for me because they're all, like, great guys, great players for sure. Um but uh, I personally like Luca. He's like mm-hmm. a great player. Personally, like him. I like Booker too. Um, oh my gosh! But I would have to say, like, I would have to say that I would want because I would want to see like Luca, like, do something like you know. But like, it's like his third straight year, like leading, like in like you know the playoffs, like in a time of possession, you know like having the ball and all that so like I would say like I would want to see like something from like Booker because like like you guys said and you know like we've seen like the season like the Suns like they are like they're hot like they've been on fire they've been doing great even like in the regular season they did like real good they had a pretty good season you know you love to see it type of thing um and so I'd say like um I would want to see like you know Devin Booker something coming out like coming out of him you know um I'd say that the Suns like they have like a good chance um you know because they have like that energy right now in them so yeah um I just say the Suns for me uh, I thought you were gonna pick the Mavericks there for a second. You scared me. You scared me. Hey, me. hey. So look, look, I will say this. Look, look. Let me be honest. I All right. I understand the Suns have the advantages right now. You got multiple big men. You got between Jay Crowder and Mikael Bridges. You got people to throw at Luca. But at the end of the day, man, you see all this Lakers stuff back here. The Suns have knocked this off in the playoffs two years in a row. All right. I'm looking to see them get knocked out. I'm gonna just be honest with you. <laughs> And if there's any team I think I can do it right now, I'm going with Luca Legend right now. But hey, if the Suns win, I'm not going to be surprised though because again, they should win. To be honest with you, they should win. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, last series and also the second series of the Western Semis. We got the Golden State Warriors going against the Memphis Grizzlies. John Morant, Steph Curry, Desmond Bain, Clay Thompson, and many, many others. Um, Mike. What you got for this series, the keys, who you got winning, et cetera? Um, so I think the keys for this series, just coming from a warrior side, is understanding your opponent. This is an opponent in the Grizzlies, and this is probably going to kind of give away my pick, but this is an opponent in the Grizzlies that ultimately in their series with the Timberwolves, they were down, I believe, like minutes-wise, they were down the majority of the series. And if it wasn't for the youth of the Timberwolves and maybe some coaching decisions, they should have been out, honestly, in the first round. So for me is the Warriors using that chemistry they already have that they have built that championship pedigree between Steph, Draymond, Iggy, and Klay Thompson. And you just continue to stay on top of the Grizzlies. You know, they're a young team, so they're going to give you a lot of punches. They're going to talk. They're going to they're going to do whatever they, they're going to scratch and climb to stay in the game. Just staying true to who the Warriors are, I think, will be enough to get rid of the Grizzlies. Um I got the Warriors in five. I, I, I like the Grizzlies. I think they're a great, great story this year. But what I saw against the Timberwolves, man, honestly, just some of their shot selections down at the end of games, um, the way they allowed the Timberwolves just to go and runs. If the Timberwolves were a competent team, or let me not even say that, a more mature team who had been to the playoffs and know how to finish games, 
they would have won that series in five games, maybe six. So, yeah, man, I, I think the Grizzlies are a great story. I think Brandon Clark and Steven Adams, if he plays this series, and Xavier Tillman, they're going to be big because one thing you can exploit with the Warriors is their lack of size. Now, granted, you got a Draymond Green down there who's the toughest defender anyone in the league, and then you have a Kevon Looney who, granted, is not the most athletic guy. I believe he's only 6'8", 6'9". But again, another guy who's been there, done that, and has had to guard some top guys in this league and has held his own at least enough to an extent where you don't have to bench him. So it's going to be a challenge for those guys. But ultimately, I just think the, the power of a Steph Curry, uh, a Clay Thompson, the shooting of those guys, uh, Jordan Poole, who's coming up and being an X factor every night. You don't know if he's going to give you 30. You don't know if he's going to give you 10. But you know you got to guard up and help when it comes to Jordan Poole. So I just think that is going to overpower the Grizzlies. And going against a team like the Warriors, if you let them get up by 20, I guarantee, I guarantee they're not going to let you come back twice in the same game down by 20 like another team again no shades of Timberwolves love that team out there so I'm gonna go Warriors and five I think they make rather quick work of the Grizzlies but I do think they're all close games down to the wire where we'll see which is the more mature team so I got Warriors and five all right Warriors and five I I really do enjoy watching that Grizzlies team John Morant one of my favorite players in the NBA right now uh, they they are fighters. They are dogs. They're going to fight to the very end as seen with their series against the Timberwolves. However, in the same breath, in their series, they, they scare me. And they shock me with how ineffective they were defensively early on in the games. And they didn't they, – I mean, they, of course, won the games ultimately. But it was like more so of the Timberwolves making immature mistakes, immature shots. Um, oh, that game winner, um, John Moran, we had that layup. Anthony Edwards overplayed him on the inbound pass, which led to the layup, stuff like that. The Warriors are not going to do that. The Warriors in this series will use their experience to get them over. And they're hungry right now. They want to go back. They want to win their championship as well. Clay Thompson back, Draymond Green healthy right now. The Grizzlies have to do way better on defense, way better. But I, this is not the team to try to do better defensively against right now. I got the Warriors in five too. That, I was, I, I was just, <laughs> I was just surprised how the Grizzlies. Yeah, like, like you said, they should have, they, they should have lost that series. Right. They really should have lost it. They deserve to lose that series, but they here now. But. They're not going to pull that off against the Warriors. Once the Warriors are up by 20, you ain't coming back. So I'm taking the uh, the Warriors in five. Uh, Korea, um, I know we said the Warriors. We got them in five. I think the entire country will pick the Warriors to win this series. But do you think the Grizzlies have any hope of knocking off the Warriors in this series? Um, Not really. I mean – there could be some hope, but honestly, like, I feel the same way, like the Warriors, like they're, they're just like, sort of like hungry right now. And they're, they haven't been to the playoffs, as you know, like in a couple years, you know, so now they're wanting to like, you know, win a championship, they're wanting to like, you know, just get themselves back out there and just do something, you know the the Grizzlies I feel like they don't really have like sort of like no disrespect but they don't really have what it takes at the moment to really like go further or like to beat the Warriors in my opinion so I feel like the Warriors like they seem more like that they have it together compared to like the Grizzlies so I feel like the Warriors like you know I could see them just like you know beating like the Grizzlies and, you know, so yeah, for sure. I think that the Warriors have this and, you know, I can see them like, you know, um, doing more uh, versus the Grizzlies, in my opinion. Let's get to our extra pass segment. Once again, extra pass is a topic that we want to touch on, but it kind of did fit in the regular flow of the episode. And since all three of us are here, 
We got to put a spotlight on our a spotlight on our Lakers. We got to talk about our Lakers because there's some things going on with some that I read about that we got to touch on. First thing, first thing, I seen a report and CBS Sports posted it that the Lakers front office blamed Clutch Sports, LeBron, AD, for trading for Russell Westbrook. We all know what happened. Unfortunately, it happened. But this is... If this is true, this is crazy. The front office, the people who are in charge of trades, who actually commit the trades, are blaming two players and a, a player rep organization for a trade that they made. So uh, let's break this down. What's our reaction to this? Mike, what you think about this story? Uh, man, I'm just hoping it's not true. Because at the end of the day, like you just said, the organization, the people who have the final say, who make the final decision, ultimately the responsibility is on your hands. Now, I do understand to a smaller point that, you know, if LeBron James comes, gives you a basketball suggestion, he's on your team. I mean, nine times out of 10, you're more likely to lean the way he says. But at the end of the day, if you feel in your heart as the GM or the president that the move that you are making is not going to help the team, then you you gotta you gotta pull up your big boy pants and, and tell tell LeBron James no man and, and make the right move that you feel like will help the Lakers. And ultimately, granted, I know LeBron sat down with Westbrook, it felt good, but you, you <laughs> there's no way you thought it would work. Two ball dominant players on one team. And in particular, LeBron is not a great shooter. He's a streaky shooter. So then you paired him with maybe the worst shooter at the guard position in the league. It just, it was never going to be a great fit. So I'm hoping this story is fake. I hope they're not placing all the blame there because I hope we haven't forgot. We got an off season that's coming up. We got we to gotta go through this again. You got another round of decisions to make. And the decisions you make this year for this offseason for the Lakers could affect them for a long time going forward. It could affect whether LeBron James re-ups and comes back to the Lakers. Could affect, do we end up keeping Anthony Davis and keeping this cap room we have set up for 2023? So when I hear this story, man, I'm just, honestly, I'm just ready for that shit to be over. Like, yo, let's stop worrying about whose fault it is and let's start worrying about what's it going to take to get this team back to where we need to be? What's the next step? Because we can all point fingers all day, but at the end of the day, that's not going to make no solution, man. So I hope the story's fake. If they were a little mad at the time, I'm sure there's enough uh, of the blame plot pie to go around. A little bit from Clutch here, a little bit from the organization here, a little bit from a coaching standpoint. Uh, there's plenty of blame to go around. Let's work on how we're going to fix it. And the first thing is, is figuring out what you're going to do with Westbrook, which is obviously trying to move him for the best pieces the best pieces that you can bring in that also doesn't upset the future that you have with those picks that you gained this summer. So, man, I'm just tired of all, I'm tired of all this story, man. I'm tired of it. I'm just ready to move on. Right. Korea, what you think about this uh, new development as far as the Lakers front office versus LeBron and AD and clutch sports? Um, honestly, I think it's crazy. Like, <clears throat> and I hope that, hope it's not true and I really hope that you know um like Mike said like we could just you know the Lakers could just focus on doing what we need to do to like get back on track to do what we you know to just do like what we need to do to just become like a solid team again you know and, you know it's just drama some things going on there uh you know like if you've seen the article on, um, you know, CBS, um, how it brought out that, um, you know, uh, Bleacher Reports, um, Eric um, Pinsas reports that um, multiple sources claim that the Lakers front office is eternally blaming pressure from Clutch Sports. And then so that agency, they both that agency represents both LeBron and AD and so the two so two important things must be noted so it's while star players can exert pressure on their front offices they cannot actually make trades so the decision for Russell right to get traded 
that had to be made by the Lakers front office only. So they were the ones who needed to, you know, to be on that trade call, like the article brings out. And so they were the ones that needed to work out terms with the Wizards as well. They had the power to say no, and they did not follow through. They did not exercise that. So that's what the article brings out. So it's just a lot of stuff going on, like a lot of crazy stuff. And I just want it to just be done with myself. And it's just annoying and you know, hopefully, like, you know, Westbrook, he gets traded to, like, you know, a good team, then we make some moves, like, you know, which will impact us in a positive way, and, you know, hopefully we can just be on track, you know, for the next season. The drama is never going to end. It's the Lakers we're talking about. It's the Lakers. Mm-hmm. It's not going It's not going to end. Not that it's not right. Gonna, <laughs> it's not going to end. But like I said, the front office has the final say in trades, not LeBron. If you folding under LeBron pressure, then maybe you shouldn't be a GM or a president or something. You can't let LeBron knock you off your focus, knock you off your pivot. You knew you should have traded for Buddy Hill. You knew you should have tried to brought in DeMar DeRozan or somebody like that. You knew Russell Westbrook was not going to fit in his offense. Who He at least was going to be an eyeball in this offense and on the defense too. You don't make that move. And for them... If it's true to blame two players, well, more so blame the um the agency. That just speaks to their incompetence. Like it's not their fault. It's your fault at the end. At the end of the day, you made that move. Now you got to rectify the move, and it's gonna be hard because nobody wants Russ's forty-seven million dollar contract. Nobody's don't want that. And if they do, it's a team that's just trying to put fans into seats, trying to sell tickets and all that. And that in that same breath, you might not get the players that you really want back. So right now, in my opinion, I think the Lakers are stuck with Russ and they're going to have to build uh, around those three. But again, this goes to the front office. Y'all not doing what y'all supposed to do. And this is the result of it. I mean, like I said before, they should have kept that championship team together. And if they did that, we, you never know what's going to happen. They could have repeated as champions. But it's up to the front office to fix this. It's not on LeBron, AD, or nothing like that. Of course, they're going to try to warn Russell Westbrook. That's their boy. You know, Russell Westbrook, he's a cool he's a cool dude. But at the end of the day, y'all knew that that wasn't the, the move to make, and y'all made it anyway. So y'all need to work on y'all mentality. All right. Before we wrap this up, real quick, um, the Lakers are interested in Darvin Ham to possibly be the head coach. Real quick, do y'all like that or no? Um, I like it. I like the fact that they're actually reaching their net out there and not going for the trip, typical old tradition of regular coaches, the Mike D'Antonis, the the Doc Rivers, waiting for to see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. I like it. Darvin Ham's been an assistant coach for a few years now. I think he's served his time. And when you see guys like uh, Coach Udoka with the Boston Celtics and a Nick Nurse with the Toronto Raptors, guys who finally given a chance and shown they can be successful. So how you gonna need? How you know if a guy's gonna be successful? So you give him a try. Um, and he's been with the Bucks for a few years now. They've been a great team as we just discussed. So I like the idea of it. Interview him. I think the Lakers need to cast out a broad net interview a lot of guys and look at some of these assistant coaches and see who's ready for the next step. So I'm loving it. I, I like Darvin him. Career, what you think? Um, honestly, I'm very open to it. Um, it's I think it's a good idea for sure. Um, honestly, like we we just need like anybody. Well, not anybody, but we just need like a coach to coach like White. You know? Coach White. Go, Coach White. <laughs> like we just need like a coach. Like you know, we just need somebody that can lead this team to like the playoffs again. Like you know, we just need a coach that could like help us. Like you know, just be like a solid team like again you know and I know that um like Darvin Ham you know he is like the Bucks lead assistant and then he also played for like the Pistons I believe yeah um so um you know he has a reputation like a like you know a good reputation if you want to put it like that you know but um 
like we'll see what the Lakers choose to do, you know, with him or, you know, even if it's with someone else for a coaching position, but um, I'm totally open for, you know, having the Lakers interview him I'm totally down for that. So, yeah. 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 I am too. And I hope they bring in Darvin. Ham. Don't y'all, don't y'all wait on Doc Rivers. Don't y'all do that. Get the, <laughs> right. Get the hell off that train. No, don't wait on Doc Rivers. Even, even forget about Quinn Snyder. We don't want him here. They don't know how to get it done in the playoffs. You bring in Darvin Ham. I I want coaches to to get hired that we seen in NBA Live when we was growing up playing the game. Like those those coaches right there right. They played in like the two thousands and stuff. And that's closer to the game, and that's not that far off. So and I was gonna say something too. Sorry, but Darvin Ham, he's not even like that old. He's like not even fifty yet. He's like in yeah. his forties, you know. So right. he's still got it in him to you know. First off, I was using Darvin Ham on NBA Live 06 in the dunk contest. Still winning. There you go. Darvin Ham, <laughs> hey, look, man. Uh, another uh, look and another assistant coach who finally got a chance and we should and he showed how good he was. Look at look at how Willie Green did this year with the Pelicans. Look at the turnaround they made and almost knocking off the number one Suns, man. So I definitely think you got to look at these assistant coaches and see who's ready for that next step, man, and make a decision like that. Especially since you missed out on Tyler Lue and Monty Kiffin. But we're not going to get it. Talk to him. Talk to him. Don't do it. <laughs> All right. But yeah, Lakers, please hire Darvin Ham or, or somebody like that. All right. That was the end of Stacey Owen Sports SOS. Once again, I was joined by Mike White JR, Career Lewis. Shout out to Ben. He out there having fun on his own adventures. Yes, Go sir. Lakers. We're going to continue watching out for what they do and everything in between. But until next time, we are signing off. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching.